Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. The guy's a total wannabe and a break. Well, just look at him. He wishes he was me. I mean, the guy's a disaster. Every, oh, hey, I gotta go. I gotta go. Hey, 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 everybody. Hey, welcome. Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, where one of the co-hosts loves and serves the show and the other one, well, Breakwell is just unencumbered, uncaring. And are you, James, are you, are you even there today? Are you there? I am because for once you answered my text message. So we've gone through an evolution. At first, you would accept my text message and agree to a time, and then you would uh-huh. just not show up. Then you would that, you that would read happened. my text message and reply, but say, I don't know what time I'll get back to you. And that then this last week, it was new, I messaged you, and you just didn't respond at all. James, the swirling S show around me made me back burner your text for the time being. And I thought, as soon as I am out of hell, I will respond to Breakwell. And uh, I think I responded to you this morning. Although you had, in fairness, sent another text yes. this morning. <laughs> you were concerned about my safety, my health, and my well-being, right? Not even the slightest bit. But I am concerned that, once again, I would have to tell Judy P. there was no episode. That falls <laughs> on my shoulders. She never messages you. I'm guessing you don't reply to her either. And so she always comes to me, and I have to say, hey, I tried to set this up, and some guy won't get back to me. You did write to me early on last two. We usually record these on Tuesdays, and you got to me early. And I thought, I, I got a window here, so I don't need to respond immediately. <laughs> and I guess uh, the window extended to seven days. What am I supposed to do? I, I don't know your timeline all the time, James. I mean, that's fair, but I feel like I have missed an epic number of disasters. And also, I do feel like you're cheating on me. Like, during the three or four or nine weeks when you didn't have a spare 25 minutes to record with me, I saw yeah. you on Twitter posting about scheduling episodes of your other podcasts. I was like, are you kidding me? What is this? Been super busy over at the community. Well, this is the window where all the rock stars aren't touring. So I've I've got uh, a big surge coming through that I'm kind of chasing my tail, trying to get everybody scheduled and recorded. And and in the meantime, too, by the way, I put out... Just put a period at the end of that one, and then you'll know my entire college life. But (laughs) I put out a call because... I figured we have no content because that is the name of the game with this show. So I said, hey, you know, it's the holiday season. James, he's a giver. So if anybody has questions for the break well, send them to me and I'll ask. We're recording Wrong and Wronger at 3 o'clock Eastern. And James, the listeners have answered the call. I have no fewer than nine questions. Actually, before you get to that, I have another bone to pick. So the only thing I know about your life is when Elon Musk shows me your tweets for some reason. His algorithm is very confused and thinks I care about you. I saw on there, though, you met the exploding (laughs) possum from Twitter, and you said— I did. And I quote, he's taller than me. I guess that's not an exact quote. You said taller. How tall is he? He is 6'3". 
I, I'm supposedly 6'2". The last time I went to the doctor, they said 6'3", and I chose not to believe them. I ignored that data set. <laughs> well, it's funny. When uh, we shook hands, I said, damn, you're tall. And he said, I know, I'm taller than Breakwell. And uh, I said, hey, how tall are you? He said 6'3". I said, how tall is Breakwell? He said, six one and a half. <laughs> six one and three quarters is what I always go by. But you know what? Now... <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I've never needed that extra inch for anything, but now I feel challenged. Now I'm going to have to get out a tape measure and remeasure how tall I am just to be sure. Because I don't want to slight myself an inch. I don't want to give him the height title if I don't have to. You know what's funny? I, I don't, did I tag you in on that post? Yes, you absolutely I did. I probably did because I knew it would chafe your hide, and <laughs> I was correct. So I feel fabulous I that mean, this has worked out exactly there are, how I wanted There it are to. literally hundreds of millions of people on this earth who are taller than me. But the fact that he had to rub his tallness in my face now makes it a direct <laughs> challenge. I guess I, and if I don't have that inch yet, I'm going to have to start eating better and grow, I guess. I guess that's, that's on the agenda for now. But anyway, on the immediate term, let's go ahead yeah. and answer some questions. Okay. All right. And Judy P. did answer a question, and I feel it's only appropriate to lead with Judy P.'s question. Okay. Okay, now this is for both of us, but I will pitch it to you, James Breakwell. Judy P., I think she just wanted to sneak a question in there. It's not specific to either of us, but she would like to know, what is our favorite and our least favorite or worst hated food? Food, man. See, now you know how it feels, because I never know the questions ahead of time on 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage. So you're getting caught flat foot right out of I'm the not gate really, here. I'm not really flat-footed. I mean, everything we do is, is ad-libbed and unprepared, because we're just awful, awful people. <laughs> it's just that I don't structure my life in, like, a hierarchy of favorites. Like, this is better than that. It's like, I will eat this, or I will not eat that. Like, that's kind of the breakdown. So I would say, I think, you know what, I, I've got a friend who cooked a steak recently, and it was, well, it wasn't that long ago. It was like six months ago, and I'm still talking about it. It was the best steak oh, I have ever had, and I have overpaid for some great steaks. I have ruined some great steaks myself, and this was the best grilled steak, hands down, better than the time I dropped a couple hundred bucks at uh, Indianapolis's premier steakhouse. So I would say a, a New York strip steak prepared by him is my favorite food, and my least favorite Ooh. food has nothing to do with flavor and everything to do with humiliation. Because growing up, my mom <laughs> used to make, it was like hash browns or potatoes. It was something that had little bacon bits or bits of breading on the top. But it was on the top and it was just loose. It wasn't like affixed to the substance at all. Yeah. yeah so yeah. when I would eat, you know, I also breathe. And I would breathe in the bacon bits or the with the breading, whatever it was, and I would choke with every bite. And I'd finally cough it up. And I'd go to the next bite. And that topping would make me choke again. And anyway, that was like 25 years ago, and everybody still talks about it. And anytime any food has a topping of any kind, that comes up. So I'm going to have to say that food with the bacon bits on top was my least favorite. What about you, Steve? Uh, well, I was I had a favorite until you mentioned steak, and I thought I I don't even care how you prepare it. Like steak is so good, and I will even double down and say I like beef steak and pork steak about the same. Beef might have a little bit of an edge; it's a little more succulent. But you get pork steak with a nice marble of fat through it. Ah, I love that. It's interesting, neither you nor I picked like a desserty kind of thing. And sweets are good. I like them. 
but there is nothing better than a good juicy cut of meat. Mm. Pork steak. My most. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah. Pork steak. Cover uh, your pet's ears when I say that. It's but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I just recently started having it. We went to St. Louis, and I guess they're real big on it down there. It's not a cut of meat I'd ever had in Indiana. We'll have like pork loins or really pork. You know, they'll make it into pulled pork, or whatever. But if you take that pork shoulder butt and you slice it up into steaks, like a steak from a cow, it uh. You know, it, ma- it makes all the difference. It's absolutely delicious. And uh, yeah. so I started, they don't, they don't offer that cut of meat up here. I started buying pork shoulder butts and cutting it up myself, and my kids were enamored. I will say I probably like regular wow. steak better, but pork steak is orders of magnitude cheaper. So I would say overall, the yeah. pork steak's probably superior. Boy, I remember when uh, you got me going on the keto diet, and I was—I was, I don't remember if, I, if we were talking or texting when I was leaving the grocery store, but I remember sending you a picture of my cart with a whole bunch of beef in it. And I was thinking of that this morning when I was thinking about Judy P's question and thought, I haven't had a lot of beef in the last year because it's so damn expensive. Like, I don't even know what that cart full of meat would cost nowadays, but I'm fairly certain I'd have to mortgage the ranch again just to get that same level, same uh, quantity of beef. Now, we know what you like. What do you hate, Steve? You hate so many, many things. I hate James Breakwell, oh, although yeah. I've never eaten Obviously. him. And uh, I'm, I'm not opposed. So if the opportunity ever arises... And uh, um, let's just be clear, you'd be dead first, so don't get any uh, ideas. But my most hated food, similar to yours, has nothing to do with taste, but it has to do with pain. And uh, when I, I can't remember if I've told this story on this show or not, but when I was 12 years old, The Sting was on TV starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford, and I ate a half of a, of a sheet cake, like from a wedding, Half of a sheet cake and a couple of pickles. And I vomited so hard. I was like like Old Faithful. The guys are in Yellowstone for about three or four hours. I was so sick. And I have not eaten a pickle since 1979. That's a true story. I think we we talked about foods we've thrown up before. Mine was the chocolate donuts, and for the record, it was not because I yeah. ate sixteen. Uh, it was their glazed donuts with chocolate frosting on top. I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't keep them down for long. We went to coffee and donuts after church. I ate my body weight in donuts. I came home. <laughs> Flu was going through the family. That's when it chose to manifest. I have not had a chocolate-covered glazed donut since then. God, I can't believe that. They're so good. Yeah, yeah. And then I did the whole keto thing and carnivore thing for a long while, which, by the way, I have... Uh, I've taken a step back from that. I've, uh, I'm just counting calories now. I couldn't. Uh, I, I think it's fine. It did a lot of good for me for a lot of years because it, st- it stopped me from eating my body weight in candy. But now yeah. if I just maybe count the candy rather than eating infinite amounts of it, I'm thinking maybe I'll be okay. So we'll, we'll see how that I, goes. I can count pretty high. I, I cannot. That's why I use an app. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Trying to, I'm not sure if we'll have time to get through all of these, so I'll just try it. Well, well, two-word uh, Adrian... answers for the rest. We'll do it. We'll do it. Oh, all right. Uh, Adrian Lesko asked, I think he mailed it in, too. What is the meaning of life? And what say you, James Breakwell? You know, I get all of my philosophy from Rick and Morty. There's a, there's a moment in that <laughs> one. Uh, there's a, they jump around universes and like different versions of them have died and they're in the wrong universe now and they just keep on living. 
and the 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 sister is like really upset about it and, and the kid the boy just doesn't care and it's something to the he says something to the effect of uh nothing means anything nobody's meant to be anywhere come watch tv it's like what doesn't that that's just i i, I that's just spectacular that just sums up all of existence in a nutshell, there, there's a second moment on there where the, the, the inventor guy makes a robot and the robot, what it does, are on the table. And the guy, the robot asks, what is the purpose of my existence? And the inventor guy says, you pass the butter. And the robot looks really depressed and says, oh, my God. And I just feel like that. both of those quotes together. I feel like they give you a pretty good idea of the meaning. But now now you have to pick us back up. Give us something much more profound and much more uplifting. Oh, well, mine comes from Futurama. Okay. We're, we're thinking along the same lines here. <laughs> so one of the characters is a robot. And in one episode, his head got taken off. And his head was still screaming at his enemies as he was being carried away. And he yelled, compare your lives to mine and kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. I'm on a uh, low-rated, semi-regular talk podcast with James Frankwell, and I don't know that I could hit any higher pinnacle in life, James. The key is to set your sights low and still fall a little bit short. So well done, Steve. Well done. (laughs) Now, there was also a Dockers commercial in the 80s where a bunch of 30-year-old white guys were standing around wearing chinos and button-down shirts, playing pool and drinking craft beer. And just uh, the camera was one of those where the camera moves around Mm -hmm. and it was bouncing and shaking and they were all talking and philosophizing. And I always remember one said, yeah, yeah, if the phone rings, answer it. And I thought, that's words to live by, (laughs) except I never answer my phone when it rings. And I admire people who have the courage that do. Do you answer your phone when it rings, James? Only when you call and when you've scheduled it. I think if you called me uh, unscheduled, I would not answer. And there were like five calls (laughs) I declined today, and they were all all scammers. The only people who call anyone are scammers. And that's how you know they are a scammer, because they call. All right. Well, Amanda Slack asks Breakwell a question, which I am curious to hear your answer to this. All right. Is Waffle really a terror? It depends. I... She might just be a seven-year-old. I mean, you lose perspective. Other kids get older and mature. But she definitely uses scissors the most when she shouldn't. She definitely draws on the walls the most when she shouldn't. She's definitely the most likely to be in her bed watching her tablet uh, after we've specifically forbidden her from doing that. Uh, she seems to to uh, view all rules as optional. Does that make her a terror? Probably not. I mean, she behaves herself at school, so we've got that. At home, she's kind of a wild animal, so yeah, you take yeah. the good with the bad. <laughs> Well, I'm going to piggyback on that question because Amanda, continuing uh, down the parenting path, says, how does James feel about having a teenager in his house soon? I, you know, it's gradual. It's, I mean, having a 13-year-old isn't dramatically different than having a 12-year-old. In fact, I promised her I would play Lego Star Wars with her tonight. I'm supposed to be playing that with her right now, but this was the only block of time where I could schedule in this podcast for the first time in nine weeks. So that shows you how I'm failing as a father already, but... The second, the exact second we end this recording, I'm going to dart into the living room and see if we can't get uh, on some of that. It's 11 weeks. 
11 weeks break well not 10, 11 what, whatever weeks. it is i mean it seems it seems longer cuz i enjoy it so much the the gap the break like i i get upset that you reject me but then i remember i don't have to talk to you and then i'm i'm you know transformed with joy so yes I, i'm not afraid of having a teenager i mean i'm i'm with an adult woman already so i mean you've got to, you kind of got both of the ends of the age spectrum already oh, and having okay. having a daughter in the stage in between i don't i don't think it will be that dramatically different and those are famous last words yeah good luck good luck. all right uh will any breakwell ever set foot on the cursed rattlesnake ranch Absolutely. I want to go and witness your misery firsthand so I can think to myself there, but for the grace of God, go I. I've certainly thought to myself, wouldn't it be great to be isolated and have land? And you have taught me, Steve, that no, no, it would not be great. It would ruin my life, my marriage, my finances, my very soul. So yes, I absolutely will go down there at some point. Ah, all right. All right. I noticed I was not asked. No, that question, no. we have right. we have discussed this plan at least sixteen different episodes. I know, I know, but the plan has yet to come to fruition. Yeah, well, I mean, you you described your recent dealings as walking through hell, so I feel like I should give you a little bit of breathing space to work out whatever the heck is going on down there, which I, I still don't know <laughs> what it is. I don't either. I've smudged everything except the cabin I'm currently sitting in. The inside. I smudged the outside. So I might be in here with an evil spirit right now. And lo and behold, I'm talking to you. Hey, so I guess so. Uh, somebody asked if uh, my daughter and Nick, I have to use the quote mark, Nick, are ever coming to the ranch. And the answer, sadly, I have not said this on social media, but they broke up a little while ago. Really? So she and Nick are no longer a thing. Did, yes. they, did they give you the old line, it was mutual? No, I I didn't ask a lot of questions because I got the sense that I wasn't supposed to ask a lot of questions. Gotcha. So has your daughter been to the ranch? Uh, she has not. Really? Because of COVID. Yeah. And she's working. She hasn't been here. I don't think she's coming for Christmas, but we will go up there. Because all of my relatives are up there, we usually visit when, like, we visit her. She doesn't visit us. And so uh, we have more money than her, I guess, so we can travel. I mean, you, but, you had more money than her. Then you had a ranch, but, you know. Oh, dude, <laughs> so far in debt. I don't know if we're ever going to dig out if I don't sell a kidney. But, yeah, no, she has not been here. And, frankly, uh, whenever my son is here, there, there really isn't anywhere for them to sleep. Like, it's a, a very strange arrangement that we have. You'll see. You'll see when you get here. I, I look forward to basking in the strangeness. That's You've quite a selling <laughs> now, point. Now, Exploding Possum did ask a question, but do you want to hear it or just screw that guy? Well, I'm going to visualize him as being 6'1". Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't understand the question exactly. I think he was trying to be funny, but you know how you tall people are. There's no humor up there. That's one thing that I've learned. But uh, I, it, the two options, he, he gives an A or a B, and I don't like either of them, but here is the question. Right. Bratwurst. Do you eat bratwurst, first of all, James? Yes, I do enjoy bratwurst. Okay. All right, so the question will not be irrelevant. Bratwurst with mustard and onions or with barbecue sauce and a side of potato salad? I would go with neither. I never put barbecue sauce or onions on. I would do, I do mustard alone, mustard and hopefully hot sauce. So uh, <laughs> the, the, the question was based on a false premise. But if I had to choose one or the other, I would probably choose the mustard and onions. Yeah, I would too, given those two choices. 
I am a mustard on hot dogs, ketchup on bratwurst kind of guy. And I'll tell you what, I've been getting into hot sauce a lot lately too. So uh, you are perhaps subtly influencing another of my dietary choices. I am just trying to lead you to ruin in every area of your life. Oh, James, I have pooped fire on some mornings, <laughs> man. It's a, it's an experience. Whew. All right, uh, Eric Walker also mailed one in. He said, I don't even know. This is like the, um, the uh, 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 I have to clean this, marry, screw, or kill. One of those kind of questions. All right, all right. You're, you're, well, let's but do it. this is, would you, rather, would you rather lose your hearing or your vision? Ah, hearing. I, you know, you know how many problems that would solve. I would never get yelled at for not hearing something. It's like I, I, I literally can't hear. If I'm not looking at you, I can't be held responsible. And uh, you know, you can live a pretty normal life if you can just see. But if you can't see, I mean, getting just getting around is pretty difficult. So I would definitely rather lose hearing than sight. Mrs. Steve would argue I've already lost my hearing. And it's funny you say, if you're not looking at me, I can't hear you. Because I say that to her all the time. Like, (laughs) she does three things that annoy me, and she blames me when I can't hear her. She will either begin saying something outdoors and then start turning away. And now she's like this by the time she's done. I can't hear the end of that sentence. Or... She will wait until I start walking into the other room and then either start saying something or add like a like a participle, like a like a phrasing at the end of a sentence that I'm supposed to have heard and I don't. Or three, she will wait until the car door is closing. And as soon as it closes, apparently she has something more to say that I wasn't patient enough to wait for her to finish. And uh, in all cases, I can't hear. And she mumbles anyway, and uh, this has been verified by a lot of strangers who also say, huh? So it's not just me. So I appreciate you bringing that up, James, and giving me a chance to unilaterally defend myself. Sounds like you need to exit the room or drive away much faster. (laughs) All right, and the last question is from JDB. And uh, I wrote this one down because I don't know if you even know what this is referring to. So I am curious to know how closely you follow my Twitter feed. The question is, has James ever been close to being on the dead to me list? I did not know you had a dead to me list. I'd like to think I'm at the top of that list. How have you? We've done a thousand podcasts together (laughs) and you've never brought up the dead to me list. Are you still there? We've only we uh, hold, you you threw out a thousand. I was like, holy crap! Have we done a thousand <laughs> podcasts? We've probably we've we've crossed five hundred easily, haven't we? Yeah, we've. I only exaggerated by fifty percent, apparently. Huh. Uh, the dead to me list is for people who irritate me on Twitter. <laughs> I see. It's a real list, and uh, the the uh, occupants of the list now wear it as a badge of honor, and when anyone gets added. They all sort of come out and congratulate that person, like they're now part of the fraternity. Wow. I... But you and I don't really interact on Twitter, ever. No. Like, I don't know that we ever have, actually. I will I will go and, on a recording, have an entire conversation with you about a tweet, but I will never <laughs> interact with that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because possum annoyed you. But... Uh, yeah, I don't. I've been on Twitter over ten years now. I got my ten-year 
announcement from Twitter over the summer. You have to have been on for more than 10 years because you were already established when I got there. Right? I didn't get any kind of notification. The only thing happening with my Twitter, Twitter man is I'm going down. Everybody, you know, when I go to a convention or something, they announce me as the guy with over a million followers. But with this big exodus from Twitter, I am now below a million followers. I am the guy Are you really? with 999,000 followers. Oh. I <laughs> am a nobody, Steve. The, my one, the one feather in my cap is gone. But really, I mean, that number is meaningless anyway. The, the number that matters is the number of engaged readers. And I mean, I've been, I've been hemorrhaging them for years. I was, I was a nobody long before I fell below a million. So I feel pretty comfortable with that. Well, when I first started, you were the somebody to me. And then I met you. And I just got to say, don't meet your heroes, people, because disappointment is inevitable. But yet, I'm not on the dead to me list. So apparently, you no. still hold a soft spot in your heart for me. I have your picture hanging over my toilet. What are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> Well, James, that's all the questions. I don't know if you have questions back for our listeners, like why are you here, that kind of thing. But I will say, those nine questions came from one, two, three, four, five, six different people. What? James, we have six listeners. I mean, you could ask questions without listening in. I mean, that's that's very easy to do. It, oh, I, I, you know, I would, I, I still think we're plus or minus three on every episode, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. And every time there, there's comments on YouTube, maybe this week we should read the comments and they can sound off, and we can <laughs> we can count them, see if we break the three barrier. All right. Well. Leave your comments on YouTube. That's where you can find this and also everywhere that podcasts are served for the audio version. And until we meet again, which God knows might be a long time from now, so chew your food 32 times before swallowing. This is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve, for James, the rarely present Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs> <laughs>